Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. Many of, because I've talked about it on the show and on other podcasts that I've been on, that I was a therapist for a short period of time. And I also openly admit I wasn't a very good one. And maybe I should have stuck with it a little bit longer because we're starting to see a very substantial need in our industry to understand mental health much, much better. Not only do you as an advisor need to understand where the lines are, but you also need to understand that you should have people in your corner who can help you with the mental health issues that a lot of our clients have. And you also need to understand that if you're going to be the best version of yourself, guess what? You have work that you need to do and you need to be open with that. Our guest today is the founder of BAM Financial Consulting. I'm going to let her talk about herself in just a minute, but there are going to be things that we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to tell you guys, this could, some of it's going to be hard to hear because it's going to be somewhat of a reality check because some of you are doing things you shouldn't be doing. And some of you need to open your mind and hearts and practices to bring somebody like Ashley in who can really, truly help your clients. All right. Ashley's our guest today. Ashley Kwame, how are you? Thank you for being on the show. Hey, Matt. It's good to be here. I'm doing well. Thanks. Did I say anything in that opening that is off? Did I like it was really kind of in that groove? And I thought to myself, I probably should have waited until Ashley talked a little bit about this. But let's just kind of talk about what I just brought up there and some of your experience in your career. Yeah. So, as a, I'm licensed as a marriage and family therapist, first and foremost. I think some people may know that who are familiar with my work. And I think that your opening was wonderful. I loved it. I'm going to be honest, the hair kind of stood up a little bit on the back of my neck. I was like, oh gosh, this could get really good here, hopefully, right? In, in a way that I think advisors and planners are open to, I think bringing and incorporating financial psychology and financial therapy competencies into your financial planning practice is brilliant. I love it. I'm here for it. But as you said, there are also a few things here to kind of heed and just be wary of where the lines are and maintaining that you're practicing within the scope of your own competencies. Sure. Series seven, series 65, even your 24 does not mean you are qualified to be a marriage counselor, which a lot of advisors will say, gosh, Matt, a lot of times I just feel like I'm a marriage counselor, but let's take a quick step back why are you doing this, right? I mean, there's so many directions that you can go with your mental health education and all of that stuff. Why are you focused here? I am focused here, personal story. So my husband is actually a CFP. And I don't know if that's something you and I had talked about, but he's a CFP in practice here in Augusta. And we had some acquaintances, I guess you would say. I started talking about working in the financial therapy space and they started talking about their advisor and not in a great way and talking about their advisor in a way of all they care about is the money. They don't really care about us. 
they're just here just to collect fees, what have you, all of the not so great things that we all hear about, right? Those bad apples in the space. And so like any good defensive wife, (laughs) I became very protective and very upset. Luckily, I had the wherewithal not to react and say some not so kind or professional things to these people. But I felt that defensiveness inside of me. And in working, Clayton and I have been married 15 years. He's been practicing about that time. And so I hear a lot of things and I hear and have heard the need for advisors to learn how to do what a lot of people call the soft skills better. Um, I don't like that term soft skills, but I know that is a common term for that. So given my education, given my background, given my own knowledge around what makes relationships work and not work, kind of thought, hey, I could do this. I could take what I know and I could bring this to advisors and I could bring this to firms. And I think I could help them show up in a way that deep down they really want to show up. I think you're right. I think the intention is absolutely in the right direction. What are some of the warning signs that you have seen when advisors are treading in waters they're not qualified to tread? Yeah, some of that comes, I see a lot within relation to couples. So trying to play, I think you said this in your intro, like marriage therapist. Couples are arguing, they have tension between them, oftentimes centered around finances. I hear a lot that come up, especially around estate planning, older couples moving into retirement, they're not clear on paths that they want to take. And so oftentimes this is where I see a lot of advisors step in and try to play marriage therapist, giving advice on what couples should be doing or not be doing, go on more dates, right? Things that are commonplace that we hear, right? But also are not within their lane at all. So that being one of the more common ones that I hear about, the other is in the space of true mental health. Clients struggling with depression, with anxiety, with other severe mental health disorders, bipolar, OCD, even suicidal thoughts. And so trying to step into those lanes and provide advice, you said it like with good intention, but they are not the person that needs to be, they're not the go-to person in that time and in that space. I can hear advisors right now saying, but somebody needs to do it. Why can't it be me? And I want to couch this into the proud mouth philosophy, if you don't mind, because part of truly being influential is showing how deep your bench is and where your professionalism stops. And you actually have somebody who has the same qualifications that you need in order to solve the problem. Showing you have a deep bench, right, is the best way to re-believe to be, to really kind of exercise and show that muscle. That's just mix my metaphors there. I do that often. But anyway, show off that you actually have a deep bench and you can say, Hey, look, I would love to help you right now, but we're starting to get into waters that I have somebody who I can pick up the phone right now and refer you to who can help with this. Here's where I stop. Here's where they begin. And if we, as an ex-mental health therapist, if we had more advocates, right, in other professions, we would really be able to hopefully start seeing more and more people take advantage of mental health services. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're spot on. I come from the philosophy that one of the most caring things you can do for your clients, one of the most compassionate things, and look, I'll throw out this word too, 
one of the most ethical things you can do for your clients is to refer them out when their need goes beyond your scope of practice. I have clients all the time that come to me for particular issues that are not within my wheelhouse. And it would be really unethical for me to continue seeing them, knowing that I don't have the knowledge base, I don't have the competencies, and potentially you could end up doing more harm to your clients practicing in that way. So giving general marriage advice may not seem really all that dangerous. I'll use that word. It may not seem unethical, but where is that line and how far are you going and how far is the client or the couple relying on you then for that? And all of a sudden you hear this, like people find themselves in waters that are like, oh, S word. Like I didn't mean to get here and now I'm here and I don't know what to do. So I'm a firm believer, know where you are, know your competencies, know your lane and right, include mental health practitioners in that bench that you were talking about. We talk on the show all the time about how important it is to create custom content, right? How awesome is it from a content creation standpoint, whether you have a video series or a podcast, a blog, even social media, newsletters, whatever, workshops, educational things for your clients to interview a therapist. I mean, that shows that you are much more interested in the overall well-being of your clients instead of the things you just talked about at the top, right? Well, they only care about the fees. They only care about the money. They don't really care about me. How, in your experience, can an advisor broach this subject of outsourcing without them coming across as overstepping their bounds or being judgy? How's that? Yeah, I think that starts with really themselves and the perception that they have around mental health or referring out to therapy. If you're not comfortable with the idea of therapy, if you have not gone through therapy, maybe yourself, if talking about it just feels like, ugh, then you're not going to be able to broach that conversation with your clients with confidence or with compassion. And clients will feel that. They'll feel that you're uneasy. They'll feel that you're awkward. And they're not going to take that step then to help themselves, even if you're providing them with a wonderful referral. So step one is it has to start with you. You have to develop a sense of confidence about referring out for mental health therapy. If you are not, then doing some good work around why. What is it about that makes you uncomfortable? What is it about that maybe you have unanswered questions about? What do you need to know more about from an education standpoint, knowing the difference between the different practitioners? A psychiatrist and a therapist are not the same thing. Um, and I won't get into just a lot of the jargon there. Mental health, similar to financial services, we don't make it easy on our clients in understanding the differences that we do. But knowing the differences there, do some education. I have a free resource and I'm happy to provide it to your listeners. It's making a mental health referral for advisors. It's a free little guide and it explains just some of the jargon here that we're talking about in the steps. But step one is start with yourself. You got to know you and where your comfortability lies. And we're going to make sure that we have a link to that free resource in our show notes. And thank you, Ashley, for that. Because I think this is a subject that a lot of advisors understand is something they need to feel more comfortable with. But you said something there at the end, and thank you for totally teeing me up, because we did, by the way, talk a little bit about this ahead of time. 
But part of it is really working on yourself. We believe here, and we've said this on the show, that you need to unapologetically be yourself. That doesn't mean that you don't work on yourself. And in fact, when you start doing self-work, like I have a therapist, it's absolutely fantastic. I have somebody who I can go to and talk about lots of different things that I can say things to her that I can't say to other people and shouldn't probably say to other people because it's a safe place. I am always working on myself because I want to be a better version of myself. And I think advisors, a lot of times, they just kind of get stuck in their rut and they're like, well, it's good. I'm fine. Let's talk a little bit about that, please. I think self-awareness is the first step really to being a great practitioner. And I say practitioner because I'm including mental health providers, but also planners as well. Having self-awareness, being able to work on yourself, being open to not always being right or not having the right answers. Those are really great from an ego place, really great places to be. And so really working on expanding your own self-awareness. I talk a lot about transference and counter-transference. And so happy we can dive into that if you'd like. But really counter-transference, what I'm talking about here is when a client reacts and then you really respond kind of back, I'm oversimplifying this here, but something about the client's response triggers you and you inadvertently respond maybe in a way that's not congruent with how you want to be. Perhaps you get defensive, perhaps you start interrupting, what have you. But you know, those are areas or places where knowing yourself really come in handy because if you can go back and evaluate that situation and know, wow, I really like snapped at that client kind of at the end, or I got really defensive there with them when they questioned why I was doing something. (laughs) I hear that show up a lot. Why did I get so defensive? What is it about being questioned that I don't like, or I get triggered with? Being able to do that work is going to save you a lot of heartache. It's going to really ensure longevity of your clients, client retention, and it's just going to make you a better human overall. It will attract more clients for your business and for your career. Hey, it's Matt jumping in for a second. Are you an advisor who wants to go from being the seeker of clients to being sought after? Then influence is your answer. It's the only marketing that's left for today's advisors. If you want to know how much influence you have right now and how to get more of it, take our free five-minute test and get your influence scorecard. Just go to ProudMoth.com to start. What a magnificent thing to be able to say. The only reason why we're being successful in retirement is because not only we had a great financial advisor, but in our meetings with our advisor, they realized that there were some marital issues that they had actually seen previously. One of the things, Ashley, and I love when advisors say this, you only retire once. I've helped thousands of people retire, right? So when you have this level of meeting and you have seen gray divorce and all of these things that could very well have been preventable, some of them aren't. Being able to bring in somebody who can help navigate that, even if it is an amicable split, you as the financial advisor shouldn't be the one, but you're going to make real fans. And we talk about that all the time on the show, Ashley, moving people from skeptical to fans. You, this is such a trust building thing, bringing somebody like you into the financial services practice. 
So let's talk a little bit more about that, because this is actually a, actually a very fast-growing field. I think people who are licensed mental health professionals are realizing that money is absolutely most people's trigger, right? Self-confidence, self-worth, uh, self-esteem, all of these things are things advisors struggle with all the time. They try to throw material things or whatever into these gaping holes in their personality that they could just work on. You have the resource that we just talked about, but let's talk a little bit more about what advisors can do to just check the pulse of their client base. You have experience with that. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Checking the pulse with their client base. I mean, I don't know, Matt, I'm a big fan of like just asking. I was hoping you would make it that simple, yeah. Ashley. I just uh, didn't. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, but I mean, I'm just a fan of like, instead of living in your head and wondering and like beating around the bush, like just freaking ask, like just ask. And I think that one of the things we don't realize is that clients appreciate being upfront, being transparent and just coming out with things. Again, they can feel when you're awkward. They can feel when you're like uncomfortable talking about something. And even if you think you're a great actor, likely you're not. And so just come out with it and just ask. I'm a huge proponent of at the start of your initial meetings, prospect meetings, when client, you're onboarding clients, talk about the fact that you have and you refer out and utilize mental health practitioners as just part of your referral base. If you start with that up front, then the expectation is clear in terms of what you're about. Also, it tells them your comfortability with being able to talk about hard things. It does. It says, oh, man, Matt, my planner, like he says that he can refer out to a therapist. All right, he must be really comfortable and really cool with talking about emotions and really hard things. I can trust him, right? So come out with it from the get-go. You know, planners, it cracks me up because I hear that they talked about their bench. Like planners have all kinds of referral sources, attorneys, CPAs, like all these people. And it baffles me that mental health providers are not on that list. And I think that really has to start with, again, just to be redundant, it starts with the advisor being comfortable, but put it out there from the beginning. I think the more you do that, the easier the work then becomes later down the road. Almost every financial advisor I know has a divorce attorney that they refer to. Why don't we try to attack it on the front end? Okay, so increased referability, absolutely. Client retention, this is next level client retention stuff. And I want to talk a little bit about the marketing component of this. Because if you, so many advisors that I've met with over the years will say things like, well, Matt, one of the things that I feel I do very differently than other people is I listen and I care. I'm like, okay, great. By the way, I hear that all the time. How do you show that, right? How do you outwardly project that willingness to have the deeper conversations and to be okay with emotions, bringing in a therapist on your podcast or to do a quick video or do a client workshop? Those are really, that's really putting that best foot forward. So let's talk about the content creation component of this. Can they lean on you for that? Or could it, I mean, I know that you, by the way, everybody needs to follow her on, on, on social media because the stuff you post is fantastic. But how do you feel about the content creation component of opening this door in their practice? Yeah, I love creating content, obviously, right? I do some of it and I'm learning, right? I will say that content creation is not something I studied in 
in grad school. But I do think for advisors, particularly who are active on social media forums and are putting out content that including stuff about financial well-being, financial health, the emotional side, including things about mental health, financial anxiety, the impact of depression on financial well-being, marital health, right? All of these things. Yes, I love creating content with regards to those things. And look, if I'm not your jam, I know a lot of other people, therapists who are. So I'm open to one, I guess, not being everyone's jam or favorite person, but don't be afraid to reach out to a couples therapist, maybe that, and just going through and asking them, what are the top 10, like things that you see, like in your practice, right. And cross-reference that with what you see, or even just asking them questions. How would you respond to maybe these lists of issues that I have, like go out and network with other therapists to help generate maybe some of that content or gain some ideas on creating it. Again, I come back to, don't be afraid to put it out there. Um, I think financial advisors maybe don't realize that a lot of other, especially younger generation folks, like we're talking about mental health in other forums and in other places and other businesses are, and I'm thrilled that financial services is catching up, but you know, it's not going to, the fear might be is offend. It's not going to offend your clients by talking about it and including it in some of your content marketing. No, and especially if it does give you an opportunity too, especially if you're doing your own self-work, which I can't really stress that enough. What One of the things that the greatest business people, the greatest performers, the greatest athletes, the greatest other people that our listeners look up to, they're doing this stuff. Some of them are very open and honest with it, and some of them are very private with it. But I'm telling you right now, they're doing the work. And if you're ever going to get behind the microphone, get behind a camera, and you don't know your issues, well, they're going to come out, I mean, especially in meetings. And I want to kind of just hit the rewind button and go back to something you said very early on in the show, which is if you don't know your triggers and you have something that is triggering in a meeting, right? So, so here's a good example maybe not a good one, a recent example. I have a friend of mine who's been, I've known him for a really long time. And every once in a while he calls me up and he'll say, Matt, I have a difficult client thing. I just need some advice. Great, super. And so we role play some stuff and things like that. It's mostly just client communication stuff, right? If anybody challenges his investment management system, his investment management process, he gets so defensive, right? And it's because he's got self-esteem issues, which we've talked about in i not always gently, but those are the sorts of things that goodness gracious, if he could just get over some of those self-worth, self-confidence issues, he's, he's going to close more business. His seminars are going to be better, right? All of these sorts of things. So it's really vital for advisors to understand that it is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength when you are willing to do the hard work, which is to go ahead and work inside. What's your two cents on that? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that I have found, at least in my work with clients early on, I had a really hard time saying or admitting that I didn't know something. Some of that is, I think, the pressure that gets put on mental health providers, but also financial advisors as well. Like we are supposed to, right, air quotes, know everything about this really broad like subject. Early in my career, I had a hard time admitting that I didn't know something to my client's face. and. I would BS my way around the bus. I was not great. Like I just, I wasn't. And so 
doing my own work, getting comfortable with saying, hey, I actually, I don't know that answer, but I will help you figure it out. That has gone a long way with clients, a long way. And guess what? I haven't lost a single client from saying that. In fact, I think that they've trusted me even more. Absolutely. And Ashley, you're pulling up right alongside of them, right? I mean, that's the difference between the hierarchical structure. You're on this journey together. And I don't know if it's just because I'm old, but man, on the grand scheme of things, I don't know anything about anything. I mean, I know a lot about a couple of things that I'm actually quite confident in. This podcasting is one of them. Influence is another. I feel pretty darn confident in that, but I don't know much about anything else, right? And so, and I find it's an opportunity to, for me to learn. When I say I don't know, even if I have an inkling, but I don't really know, I am so much better at saying, hey, I, I just, I don't know. It's such a great opportunity for personal growth and development because if your cup is entirely full, you can't put anything else in it, right? You can't. And here's the other cool part. When you say, I don't know, but I'm here to help you figure it out, there's like a weight that just gets like lifted off of you. And then you're able to be a lot more present, like the rest of the meeting or the rest of the engagement. And it also doesn't set up this false expectation that you do know everything, right? Because eventually you're going to find something, something's going to present itself that you don't know squat about, right? And then this whole fake it till you make it like mentality, that's probably for another soapbox, but it's really like it's detrimental just to our own mental health as well. And again, I won't get on that soapbox, but I just think that there's so much freedom and authenticity that comes with being able to say, I don't know, but I'm here to help you figure it out. And part of being unapologetically yourself is being that authentic self, understanding where your boundaries are. So I'm just going to kind of recap a couple of things here. Number one, if you're not qualified advisors to be a marriage counselor, so just stop it, right? Number two, build a network of people who share your values, who are therapists that you not only can lean on when you need to personally, but also your clients can lean on and you have that person, bam, as a referral source. Number three, you can create unbelievable content with people, especially when it comes to the psychology surrounding money. All of you are getting behavioral finance crammed down your throat in every conference on every stage. Why not bring in some people who are experts? So that's number three. Number four, what a great client event. What a great client event, right? Let's, we're going to do a, the top 10 things that happen psychologically in retirement. There's an event. By the way, that's a podcast mini series. That's a video series. That's a blog series, right? That could be part of your newsletter, right? The content is amazing. And then last but not least, the greatest journey one can take is within inside themselves. And Socrates said that, whatever, 8 million years ago, right? And it is the truth. The more you can get better with yourself, the better you're going to be in every aspect of your life, not just as an advisor, but as a marketer, as a team member, as an employer, as a spouse, as a husband, as a father, as a parent, as a partner, whatever, 
right? Isn't that why we're here is to get better? Now, Ashley, I believe that if people follow you and connect with you, they're going to sort of to osmosisize, that's not a word, some of your wisdom here, and hopefully that will allow them to be self-reflective. But you're gonna, we're going to have the resource in the show notes, so we'll make sure that's there. What are some other things that people should do, and how can they engage you if they would like? Find me. I'm pretty findable. I think there's another Ashley Kwame out there, but I don't know if there's another Ashley Kwame who is a therapist and works with advisors. But yeah, find me on LinkedIn, find me on Twitter. Those are the two places that I'm most active. Shoot me an email, what have you. Look at my website, www.bamfcc.com. I am taking on right new firms right now. So for those who have an interest in bringing on a financial therapist into their firm, hit me up. But if you just want to talk about ways to improve yourself or If you have questions around how the heck do I even start networking with a mental health provider, I love providing just that information to advisors. So I'll send you a Calendly link and we can chat, but I love being able to connect other folks to together and be helpful in that way too. So I'm pretty findable maybe is what I'm trying to say, Matt, and pretty open. Well, and we'll make sure again that we have your LinkedIn and your Twitter profile in the show notes. Self-work, self-care. We didn't even talk about self-care. That's a totally other podcast that we could talk about. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, that gets tossed around a lot. And I definitely think that if you have questions about that, everybody, I want you to reach out to Ashley. I want you to reach out to Ashley if you want to talk about having her come in and do a presentation or be accessible to your clients. Just because this is what is happening. This is the future of financial services. And you might as well get ahead of the curve because if you do, then you're going to be and I'm air quoting the old hat at this, in order for you to have the confidence to make those referrals. And shameless quick plug here. Listen, if you want to try to figure out how you can start creating your own content and use a guest like Ashley, please join our Pod Rocket Academy. It's free. Take the Podcasting 101 course. You're going to see very quickly at how you can utilize somebody as wise as Ashley to be able to come in and provide you with great content and also great advice for your clients. So Ashley, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Matt. Listen, everybody, I want to thank everybody for being here. If you have not subscribed to this, I don't know, we're like 500 episodes in. So what are you doing? And also we have a YouTube channel now. Make sure you go to check out Proudmouth on our YouTube channel. We'll have a whole bunch of content, including all of these shows and videos. But for Ashley and all of us here at Proudmouth. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at Proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.